Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love Hello and welcome here tonight to Sacred Wit, a part of our Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast with the video production. And uh, this is our first episode dropping on the podcast and our first Sacred Wit episode as well. And so we're just so excited to be here and have this opportunity to dive into scripture, to think a little bit about uh, life and faith together. And we are glad that you have found us. I'm Pastor Nathan Mugas, uh, the pastor here at Elk River Lutheran Church. And I'm happy to let these other fine folks introduce themselves as well. I'm Lisa Sampson, Director of Children, Youth, and Family Ministry. Jeremy Halkus, Minister of Congregational Care and Discipleship. And I'm Taylor Quinn, the Director of Music and Worship. And we are just in the midst here of beginning also this series on David. And so over the next six weeks, we're going to be digging into the stories of David. And uh, this is David from the Old Testament. And our theme is David, almost perfect, but not quite, uh, because David is this great example of faith, and I mean, he, you know, a wonderful king, but he's not quite perfect. And so I think there's going to be a lot of great uh, exploration for us together in thinking about the ways that we also maybe have some great attributes, uh, are loved and chosen by God, but also are not quite perfect. And so our theme for tonight that we'll be digging into is he's got the look as we explore the calling of David. And so that's where we're going to get. Uh, but first we wanted to give you just a little bit of a background of what to expect with these uh, Wednesday recording drops as well as our Sunday morning stuff that we do as well. And so uh, first this that we're doing here today uh, is going to be a part of the podcast this Wednesday drop as well as the Sacred Wit video production that we'll putting be putting together. And this is a little different than stuff that we've done in the past in that we're going a little deeper into the text. So we're going to focus on one story for the for the day, but we're also going to look at some of what goes on around that, dig in a little deeper to the characters and some of their backstories, all while also thinking about, okay, well, what does this have to do with life and faith right here in today's world? So that's some of what's happening on Wednesdays, and it'll tie right into Sundays. And on Sunday mornings, we will be um, focusing on the primary theme and the main text on the David series. For Wednesday nights during Sacred Wit, you will hear some music. Uh, you already heard a, a tune that began this whole video. Uh, we will have we will intersperse some music throughout uh, this the Sacred Wit uh, video and podcast, um, but on Sunday there is much more music. So uh, we tend to have about four or five songs that you can sing along with. Awesome! And if you're following at home, we encourage you to crack open your Bible. Uh, a well loved is a well lived Bible is the thing that I've been, always been told. And so make notes, scratch along the way, highlight if you need to. Uh, we're going to start digging into 1 Samuel as well. If you're following along on our Facebook feed or on our podcast, 
Um, our Facebook will have you notes in the chat section as well as uh, the story section of the podcast. We invite you to dig in, explore with us what is what is God up to and as we learn and lean into scripture. Yeah. So over the next six weeks, we're talking about David and one story in particular here tonight. But just as we start getting into this, I'm just curious, when you guys think of David, David from the Bible, what are the main things that you know or think about when you hear that name, David, Bible guy? Well, children's ministry, of course, I think of uh, David and Goliath. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite stories as a kid, too. So I think of that, that little short little guy, David, and then big, strong Goliath and how he conquered the day and then don't really hear much about him after that sure <laughs> yeah i always think of the sunday school version of you know david and bathsheba the sort of the failing of david um in yeah. a very sanitized version we heard as kids yeah i do think of uh i think of the human um as a musician i'm spending times in the psalms all the time and i did some study about david back in the day and uh, I, I always think of his emotional side, his human side. Kind of like he's the representative of the human side of our faith kind of a thing. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what I love about this person as a character because he's very much a person. Like sometimes he seems like a larger-than-life hero type person. He's this conquering king. He's, you know, all very, you know, he's very powerful, uh, of course, as a king. But he is also pretty flawed, you know. I, I mean, yeah, he conquers this, you know, giant when he's little but then also as an adult he has some uh adulterous issues and uh, and then some big family issues later on and um he has all kinds of issues in his life too and i just think that's so relatable and that's i think the deeper we dig into these stories i, I think the more the more I have found, I think the more we all together will find that actually these characters in the Bible are pretty dang relatable because they have all the same kinds of challenges of life that I think a lot of us face. So I'm excited to go on this journey together. And so uh, let's dive right in. Uh, we're going to start thinking about some of these characters. And so I wanted to start by just introducing some of the characters uh, from today's story in particular. Uh, the first is David, obviously. We'll come back to him in a little bit and cover him a lot in the weeks ahead. Uh, but then also one just named Saul. Uh, Saul is the first king of Israel, and um, you know, we'll be talking about him more in these future stories as well, because he will show up, uh, but he's just kind of barely referenced here today, and we'll uh, touch on his role a little bit, though. Uh, but then one of the big characters in today's story, which is, uh, today's story is going to come from 1 Samuel chapter, uh, which chapter is it? Thir 16. And so uh, Samuel, the prophet, is one of the big characters from uh, today. And he is this really interesting person, uh, starting with uh, this story that ties back to Eli, which I'll touch on. But first, ultimately, then, I want to say that Samuel becomes a prophet and a judge. And first, that judge piece, uh, I think we all know what judges are, right? They uh, rule whether someone's innocent or guilty. And in the Old Testament, that's a part of what the judges do. But the judges also served as rulers. So Samuel is also kind of almost like a governor, ruler of this certain kind of area. And that meant he decided who was innocent, who was guilty, but also like made all kinds of other like ruler type decisions. And uh, so then he ultimately then also gets called by God to be the first prophet of the Old Testament. Testament. And so he's speaking kind of as the mouthpiece of God, 
often speaking truth to power, uh, and ultimately a part of that role is going to be choosing kings, which leads him to first Saul and then David in today's story. Uh, but if we go back to the beginning of Samuel's story, that's the Sunday school story that you've maybe heard and told <laughs> before. Uh, that's where uh, Samuel is you know, entrusted to Eli, the priest, uh, to be instructed in those kind of priestly ways. And, uh, you know, the story goes one night, Eli is uh, sleeping, Samuel's sleeping, everyone's sleeping. It's the middle of the night and Samuel gets woken up uh, by a voice calling to him. Uh, and so he gets up, runs to Eli, you know, kind of the boss and says, hey, yeah, what do you need, uh, Eli? And, uh, you know, here I am. And instead, you know, Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Leave me alone. Uh, and so this happens a few times where Samuel uh, dutifully hears his name called, jumps up, and then runs to uh, to Eli and says, here I am. Uh, what do you need? And finally, Eli, the wise man of God that he is, catches on that something different is going on here. And so he instructs Samuel what he should say, because actually this might be God calling you, Samuel. So uh, better give a listen. So here's the first of these verses from 1 Samuel chapter 3. This is verses 10 and 11, and Lisa's going to read them for us. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. And this sets up the way um, where he will serve as a judge, a prophet, and God will use him to select the first two kings of Israel. Um, this story also gives us um, the text for this song that we're about to hear a little bit of. Yes. Here I am, Lord. And it goes like this. so interesting because we're not going to go deep into this but you know we kind of stopped at the point where uh, God gets to talking to Samuel about the message that you know Eli has helped Samuel get from God and the message is basically that Eli is terrible and he's got to be replaced and so uh, th there's all kinds of complexity and like you know, just really challenging relationships here, including Samuel and Eli, what they'll be butting heads here in a little bit. But so if you want to read deeper into that story, just keep reading where we dropped off there, and uh, you'll see kind of what happens next as Samuel enters this new r job as uh, judge and prophet. It's, it's not all smooth sailing, even from the beginning. So, One quick side story about Samuel, if I can add. Uh, it's another song tie. There's another song tie in the Samuel text. Uh, back in 1 Samuel 7.12, uh, it says, Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Jeshana, 
and named it Ebenezer, for he said, thus far the Lord has helped us. And Ebenezer, you'll, you'll, I'm sure there are some songs out there. Well, I know there are, but can you think of a song that has the word Ebenezer in it? And Ebenezer means um, the stone of help. And Samuel basically sets up this stone as an altar and reminder that God has helped him here. And so just kind of a song tie-in where it's not only here I am, Lord, that has the script reference, but, but this sense of this idea of Ebenezer is also within songs as well. So Nathan's going to give you a hint for which song has the, the word Ebenezer. Here it is. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Did you get it yet? Did you get it yet? Come thou found. Come thou found. Come yeah, thou exactly. I always think it's, I also just think it's funny too. In Minot, North Dakota, where I live, uh, there's an Irish pub called Ebenezer's, uh, which uh, you know this place of help or <laughs> place where God shows up. <laughs> Um, you know, it's kind of a funny name for a pub, uh, but uh, that's what that word means. And it comes up, you know, a few times throughout scripture and in music. And so probably just worth mentioning it. There's a Samuel tie in with Ebenezer as well. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, as we kind of make this transition yeah. and shift from Samuel, it's kind of important to know that there's another main character. We'll talk a little bit about uh, King Saul at this point, but... Um, we'll do a little deeper dive as we move into some of these other stories where Saul's kind of the main character. Um, but I also wanted to, to help kind of unpack a little bit of the text. Um, early on in uh, 1 Samuel, it's important to note that when we talk about Israel, we're not talking about a physical location, like a nation or a state. We're actually talking about a people. And so they're not tied to a physical space yet, Israel or Jerusalem. Um, but they're developing what that means. Um, and so when we talk about the king of Israel, we're talking about a king of a people, not a king of a land. Um, so it's really important for us to kind of make that distinction. Now that changes as we move further into David's story. Um, but as we're kind of moving into this transition from a judge uh, to an actual king, there's a little bit of a challenge in um, the corruption that exists in this judging system. Often these are uh, judges would be seen as a warlord more than a ruler, um, that they're out to sort of protect the people, they're out to take land, to gain wealth. Um, and as people, we kind of butt heads with this concept and this thought. And Samuel is one of those that he's actually a really good judge in the story. Um, but as he ages and gets older, um, he tries to pass down that lineage to his sons. Um, and we'll follow along uh, in 1 Samuel 8, the very first set of verses, um, as we kind of figure out what happens when Samuel passes the rain. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, You are old, and your sons did not follow in your ways. Appoint for us then a king to govern us, like other nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to govern us. Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Listen to the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being a king over them, just as they have done to me from the day 
I brought them out of Egypt to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so also they are doing to you. Now then listen to their voice, only you shall solemnly warn them, and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. Yeah, so just as a recap, Samuel appoints his sons, um, and instead of following the ways that Samuel had raised, they kind of went on their own way, um, and they took bribes and perverted justice. And so these people, uh, the people of Israel, actually get really frustrated, and they say, we, don't, we no longer want a judge because a judge is corrupt. Instead, we want a king. To lead this kind of interesting conversation as we move forward. Um, and so in doing so, then Samuel sees Saul and raises him up as the next king or the first king of Israel. Um, and so I'm always kind of curious, um, why would a people want a king? Like This is a really kind of intriguing question. Why do people want a leader over them? What do you guys think about that? I think about this transition from multiple judges. So depending on which area you lived in, maybe your judge was great, but the judge over here is corrupt. You know, I think the ideal with a king is one great king. The Lord of the Rings thing, right? One ring to rule them all, (laughs) one king to rule them all. And so, I mean, when you got a really good king, that's great for everyone. Then you don't have, you know, you don't have some good over here, some bad over here. You got one. What you get is what you get. Yeah. I'm curious about the whole system that God sets up for judges, sure. the, the system of judges. Like why, mm-hmm. I'm curious why God set that up in the first place. What was the benefit of having multiples? Mm-hmm. And then obviously, you know, I'm sure through human flaw, you know, these new judges became corrupt and then the people wanted a king. I'm just curious about that. You know, like why, why is that what God wanted to set up? Right. Yeah. yeah why is that the way it operates? Well, and it's interesting, too. I mean, if we talk about this sort of unity conversation, a king to kind of hold everybody together. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've seen, you know, the, the famous Hamilton, which is out on Disney now, um, it's not all it's cracked up to be, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some, some flaws in that. And I was curious how you think about some of those flaws that a leader or a king might have. Well, one bad king, everyone's got a bad king, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it cuts both ways. I think it's interesting that that people seem to want what's on the other side of the fence. So when the people had many people, you know, the judges, then they wanted a king. But then when they want to have a king, then they want to be free. Think about Hamilton. That comes from Hamilton, you know, that they're escaping from, you know, the authority of King George. And they want to be free, and they have a bunch of people now leading them. And so back and forth and back and forth. My loyal royal subjects. Right. <laughs> I'll send an armed battalion just to remind you of my love. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, and, and it's funny that you mentioned that because that becomes Saul's sort of stepping point. Um, Saul starts out as a great king. He's asked mm-hmm. to go defend the people uh, on the other side of the Jordan River. And so Saul sends an army, defeats them, and he's doing this as a unified community. And so the people think, yeah, this is great. Um, And sort of rejoice in this Saul um, as their king, but very quickly um, Saul kind of turns inward um, and his character kind of starts to fall apart. Um, And so the second time Saul goes to war, God says, go to war, wipe out those people. But when you do so, don't take any of the wealth for yourself. And Saul goes, yeah, okay. Um, And we find this kind of interesting story. Saul then takes the wealth for himself 
brings it back to this, uh, the place where they're dwelling. And then he decides he's going to blame the people and say, oh, it was their fault, God, that this happened, not mine. You know, I'm a good king. Um, and it is that moment that we start to see this unraveling of Saul. Um, so this great king ultimately starts to be corrupt and deceitful. Um, he starts to challenge these the word of God. Yeah. Um, and so God, who is a little bit hesitant about a king at the beginning of the text, ultimately becomes very apparently um, very aware that he's going to reject Saul as a king. And so he says to Samuel, Samuel um, that he ultimately... Um, because you've rejected the word of God, God has rejected you from being king. Ouch, right? Yeah. There's yeah. a little bit of hurt in that text. Um, and then Samuel is then given the task of appointing a second king. And so this is all kind of done under the shroud of secrecy. And if you haven't read for Samuel, it reads like a great novel. I mean, it's got all these character stories in it. It's so um, it's yeah. fun. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. 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 And so we move into David from that story, and this this is kind of where our text lands today. Yeah, and so that's the the text we'll be focusing on here today is First Samuel chapter sixteen, one through thirteen. So if you have a Bible, great, you can follow along. Otherwise, we're going to read a, a section of it. But uh, as we enter it, you know, again. The theme for today is he's got the look. Uh, that's a big part of this David he's chosen story that we'll talk about. Yeah, there you go, Taylor. Uh, and so, uh, but as we enter the story, I got a trivia question for everyone. Everyone, play along at home here. Uh, what was David's hometown? Because we hear this uh, in this story as well. Is David's hometown? So, do you know? Do you know his hometown? If you don't, Taylor's got a little clue for us—a musical clue. Anybody? Oh, little town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Yeah, a little town of Bethlehem. And so um, that, of course, is a Christmas song because it ties into the Christmas story. Uh, if I read a couple of verses from Luke chapter 2, these familiar words will say, In those days a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. And so in this story that we're going to read here today, we'll also get to meet David's dad, uh, Jesse, which also has lots of Christmas tie-ins because we talk about Jesus, uh, you know, we talk about the root of Jesse or the stump of Jesse, the tree of Jesse, uh, meaning that Jesus is tied into this family tree of David. Uh, David, the, you know, this great king of Israel, then leads right into Jesus, kind of a new and different take on what kingship uh, for the people of God might look like. And so uh, it's kind of fun kind of tie-ins that, that come right out of this text. And um, like I said, the text for this morning is 1 Samuel, uh, for this morning, for this day, is 1 Samuel 16, 1 through 13. And uh, we're going to read it for you by uh, reading some different uh, characters. So we have a narrator, and uh, each of us have some other additional roles in the story as well. And so 
Taylor is our narrator, and so if you want to follow along, you can. We are reading from the New Revised Standard Translation, the NRSV, uh, but whatever version you have is just fine, and here is uh, our take on this story. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to ERLC's Reader's Theater. Today... Our story is in 1 Samuel 16, verses 1 through 13. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send you to Jesse, the guy from Bethlehem, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do, and you shall anoint for me the one whom I name to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded, and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling, and said, Do you come peaceably? He said, Peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look upon his parents or the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one either. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, Bow. <laughs> there remains the youngest, but he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and he had beautiful eyes, and was handsome. <whistles> and the Lord said, Rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of, horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. Here ends <laughs> Reader's Theater. <laughs> yes, well, thank you for that very good and dramatic reading. Um, <laughs> So what do you think about this story? Does anything stand out from it, especially in light of the, the conversation we've had leading up to this story for some of the background? Uh, what stands out about this story? I think it's fascinating that the king is the one that they forget about the most. right? The future king is the one that's yeah. just kind of neglected most of the story. Oh, yeah, are all your kids here? Well, yeah, not the one you're going to choose, but everybody else is. Um, yeah. But it's so fascinating to me that normally the king is front and center um, and not this story. In this story, I'm really curious about what was so important about watching sheep. Mm -hmm. Because 
he got left behind to do that. Right. And so I wonder, do the sheep run off? Do the sheep fight? You know, what happened? Does somebody steal the sheep? Um, that he has to be out there with them. Yeah, and that just that, you know, that this father, I mean, it's kind of a big deal. If this prophet shows up at your house and going to anoint one of your sons, choose him to be the king. Like, it's just so funny to me that you wouldn't get all your sons right away. Like, well, I want it to be one of these. Like, it's like David is completely an afterthought. <laughs> like, he's just not even, his dad isn't even thinking about that he could be the possibility, uh, possibly new king. No way. He's treated almost as a servant. I'm just thinking of the Cinderella story. <laughs> yeah. Sure. But she was the one that was, re- like, rejected. and. But we, But do we know anything about what they thought of David? I mean, was he, like... An oops child? Was he, you know, like, was he just kind of a daydreamer? And so did he miss out on his chance to meet Samuel? I mean, do we know anything about that at all? This is all we know. He's a musician. He's just outside humming, playing the flute. Absolutely. That's what I do. (laughs) He was just playing his heart. Keeping the sheep happy. Yeah, he was just hanging out. Yeah. No, that's such a great question. I mean, I think it's interesting to think about what is David's character as a kid you know is he just you know like out there off on his own little world and and just disconnected or is he kind of intentionally left out is he the one that nobody really wants to be around Um, I mean there's just kind of that great curiosity question about this text yeah well and you know I think Jeremy has pointed this out before too this text, there are a handful of big contradictions in this. This, even just this story, um, that are that are just kind of funny to look at. You know, the one being, um, so you have crotchety old Samuel the prophet who's there. Who after they say, "Well, go get David," he said, "I will not sit down until he comes here." And then the Lord says to him, "Rise nice. and anoint him." So obviously, <laughs> obviously you know, he sat down. His legs got tired, and he, he sat down. So it's like, well, that's kind of funny. Um, right. I don't know that it's you know deeply meaningful or anything, but it's just kind of a funny little detail that's in there. Right. It's fascinating that the other one is the outward appearances that uh, the Lord won't look at the outward appearances. And what if, what does the the writer Samuel say? Um, he brought him. Now he was ruddy and handsome and beautiful eyes. And I mean, like, you completely missed the point of God's sort of, hey, that's not what we look at. Yeah, but that's but, what I'm going to write about. Yeah. The Lord just looks at the heart, but hubba hubba, David <laughs> right. comes in and whoo-hoo. Right. Yeah. Right. It makes you wonder, like, you know, is this is this the human side of us showing up in this text? Like, yeah. Yeah, well, we don't look at the outward appearance, but man, you know, I'm not going to judge that book by its cover, but here's all the details of the cover. Um, and, and just kind of missing the mark of what God is, is after in this process. Right. We know what's important, right? We know we shouldn't judge people on first impressions or, on, you know, I mean, that it takes time to get to know someone, that, that their heart is more important than anything else, you know. But then we often are like, well, but, you know, here's how I'll describe this person, you know, in three words, you know, ruddy, handsome, beautiful eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, okay, well, yeah, we fall into that all the time. Right. What I think is interesting, too, about this story, a um, little foreshadowing, in a couple of weeks we'll be talking about David and Goliath. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got this, this prophet who's come and anointed him with oil, 
And, and of course, his status in the family raises. It does not. Because yeah. when he goes to meet with Goliath, he's, sent, he's still with the sheep. <laughs> and he's taking care of the sheep, and he's sent out to bring them lunch. And his brothers go, why are you here? And so still, his, his status doesn't raise because of this, which I think is interesting. He really was Cinderella. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like the brothers and maybe even Jesse have a hard time believing, like, are you sure? Like, th- this kid? Yeah. This, <laughs> right. Him? Right. He's, he's going to be the king. Yeah. Right. And we have to remember, like, Samuel is doing this in, in, a, in the guise of secrecy. Yeah, I mean he's he's going to sacrifice to the Lord, and so Saul doesn't actually find out what he's doing. Yeah. Um, so is David going? Yeah, right. I mean, is there's this sort of balance of understanding who God has called him to be, and yet going, yeah, I don't believe that to be true. I mean, there's this conversation that can be sort of weeded out from this too. Yeah. Um, I think it's great. I mean, because we see that. In, in Jesus too, right? This big birth story, and then you, you you know there's the when he's twelve and he's in the temple, and so there's all this foreshadowing illustration, like he's he's the one, he's this this chosen one, and yet um, there's this this big gap in time where you know not much happens, and then a lot happens in a short time, you know, and yeah, and that's kind of the, you know, in some ways the case for David, except for that we have some of these stories. And some of these next weeks we'll be talking about stories that happen before he's actually king, because there's a lot that happens in this in-between time where he's he's chosen, he's selected, you know, God is shining upon him, and that allows him to do some pretty amazing things like fight a giant, and, uh, and yet, you know, he's still not the king. <laughs> like, there's still a king. Uh, who is a pretty major threat in a very real way to he and his family and everything. Yeah. I mean, it speaks also to the, the sense of being called into something. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, do you believe that the first time you stepped into your role or what you do, that you were qualified to do it? I mean, I think there's this like inner challenge of, <laughs> yeah. ooh, that doesn't quite feel right yet. Um, until yeah. that point, you start to lean into it. Um, and I wonder, too, is that how David is receiving this news? Yeah, right. You know, oh, I, absolutely. I, I don't feel like I'm, no, just not me. Yeah. Um, and yet, at the same time, trusting that God has called him into that for a reason. And I think that's exactly the theme we're going to dive in deeper into on Sunday is this idea of how are we chosen? Like, what does that look like? And how do we, how do we meet that? How does that feel at the beginning? And how does it feel once you're settled into it? It's, it's pretty different. Yeah. You know, another Jesus tie-in, too. You know, I mentioned that, um, you know, that Jesus is likewise the, this chosen one who is into adulthood before um, he really starts his ministry. Um, this is the story of anointing, uh, where Samuel dumps oil on his head and anoints him. That You know, he's set apart uh, in that way. Uh, Jesus, you know, we talk about Jesus as Jesus Christ, and Christ isn't just his last name, right? Uh, Christ <laughs> is the Greek word, Christo, for, for anointed. He's, he's the set-apart one. And so um, Jesus is anointed in that way too, uh, you know, not in this literal way, but it's a tie-in, tie back to this story, you know, so that when people who knew the story of David being anointed as the king, who became this great king, when they hear Jesus being called Jesus Christ as anointed one, that he's anointed too, to be a very different kind of king and ruler, 
like that really has an impact. And so I think that's sometimes lost on us because because I do think about it. It's his second name, right? It's Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, but it's it's a tie back to the anointing, even a tie back to this particular story too. Any other final thoughts with this story? Great wisdom to add. It's fun to unpack. I mean, I think that's the beauty of yeah. digging in deeper is we start to, to unravel the complexities of these scripture passages. Yeah. And it's good to continue to kind of think about as you read it at home, as you explore it, what really is going on and how is God shaping this narrative that plays out through the whole of scripture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The weaving of stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, one of the ways that story of David is woven into scripture is through the Psalms as well. Because David, uh, as we'll talk about more next week, is a writer of many, many Psalms, including this Psalm that we want to close with. We want to close with just a few verses of Psalm 139. It's verses one through four. And uh, this is one of the Psalms of David that I think fits in nicely to what we're talking about here today. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. Amen. Amen. Well, again, the scripture references that we've referenced here today, you can find them on our website or in the show notes or in the comments on Facebook. And uh, we would you know, love for you to enter into the conversation, to share it with friends. Uh, as this is something new that we're doing, we'd love for you to help us get the word out that this is something going on. And uh, we would not only love for you to hear what we have to say, but we want to invite you into the conversation. And so uh, feel free to participate in those ways. Again, we also invite you to join us on Sunday. We'll drop a feed in the podcast, but we'll also be live on Facebook and Zoom. And you can find all that information on our website at elkriverlutheran.org. So uh, with that, we wish you well, and we will uh, catch you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.